Heaven Year Wood Experience podcast. I'm super excited because today I'm going to be talking about a very interesting story about how I snuck into the rap genius concert and this really interesting concept that I learned that's called frame control and I realized that's what I did. That's what I did to get into this party basically without having to go through the line. So anyway, my my friend Jonathan invited me to come to this party, Rap Genius, um, this event that they were holding and they were having 21 Savage, Doja Cat, and Little TJ perform. And I was super excited about it because he snagged two tickets. Um, And now if you don't know who Rap Genius is, Rap Genius is this company that they uh, basically take the lyrics of people's songs, they put them online, and then when you click on all the lyrics, it tells you what every single lyric means, so you can like learn more about the song. So they're, they're holding this event in Brooklyn, and my friend gets two tickets, and the concert is free. And because it's free, he tells me, listen, this is going to sell out, there's going to be stupid, ridiculous amount of people that's going to come, and obviously, because they got huge celebrities in the music industry showing up. So he's like, just make sure that you get there early because it's going to be packed. So I didn't <laughs> I didn't end up getting there early. He gets there early. He gets inside and I end up showing like showing up like two hours late. So I get there and I see that there's a huge, huge line from the start all the way around the corner. And it's not even like single file. It's like uh, three file. It's like groups of people. It's like. Or everybody's group and they're all trying to get in and I'm like wow this is crazy it doesn't even look like the line is moving so I go up to one of the guys that looks like he's like 20 people away thinking maybe I can talk with him and like skip the line or whatever but um I asked him hey how long have you been here how long have you been in this spot and he was like well 30 minutes ago I was standing right there and he pointed a foot away from him and I thought what bro you were here for 30 minutes like, and you were there 30 minutes ago? And he's like, yeah, bro, it was super packed inside. And they said that they're not letting anybody inside until people that are already inside, like, leave. You know what I mean? Because they don't want to overfill it. And I'm thinking, these people are not getting in. Because I already know that most of the performers didn't perform yet. So why would anybody leave? Like, these people are never getting in. So I call my friend and I'm like, yo, I don't think I'm going to be a get in. I don't think I'm going to be able to get in because the line is around the corner and I'm not getting on the back of it. Like, that's stupid. Like, I'm definitely not getting in. And he's like, come on, man. Like, you came all this way, you know, like, you're going to see these artists. And I'm like, ah. so we we start thinking of like a strategy of like how I'm going to get in. And he talks and then he tells me that there was these food trucks in the back that, you know, there was like a police gate and I might be able to walk in there. And I'm thinking, hmm, well, is there any security? So he goes over there and he checks and he's like, yeah, there's security. So he's like, I don't know, maybe you might not be able to come. So I don't know what possessed me, but I decided that, you know what? I'm going to get in there. I'm already in the concert and I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to act like I belong in there. (laughs) It was probably a ridiculous thought, but I really made a decision and I believed it. So I told him, hey, listen, go get a shirt, like a little shirt that says Rap Genius on it and a, and a hat and meet me back there. 
And th this really goes into what I'm talking about, about frame control, uh, about holding a belief because I made a decision that I was already in there. I'm going to get in there and nobody's going to stop me. And you're going to notice that they all fell into my frame, the belief that I had. So I walk around the block. My friend's waiting at the food truck. The police gate is there. And I see the security guards. I'm thinking, ah, okay. But then I notice that they weren't really paying attention. They were kind of like talking to each other. So I'm like, all right, that's the sign. And this is the time I need to make whatever I'm about to do happen, happen. And here's the thing. I didn't even really have a plan. <laughs> I just decided that I'm getting in there and nobody's going to stop me. So I'm walking up and I'm walking up. My friend sees me and he texts me. He's like, bro, what are you going to do? And I text him back, just follow my lead. And I start getting, I'm like 20 feet away. And I take out my keys. And then once I get like 15 feet, I start jingling my keys really loud. And I say, yo, bro, I just went to the car. I opened a trunk and I couldn't find it. I was looking, I was looking, but I couldn't find it, man. Here's your keys back. And I'm saying this as I'm walking past the guards, as I'm walking past the security gate. And... I, as soon as I say that, I was like, yo, I, I looked in the car. I couldn't find it. Here's your keys. Do you have my shirt and my hat? And he's like, yeah, I got your hat. Here's your, here's your shirt. I take the shirt and I put the hat on. Now I'm looking at my friend and my back is toward the guards, obviously, because I just walked past them and my friend is facing me. And then he like kind of turns white. Like he gets really shook and scared and he doesn't look like he knows what he, well, what to say. So he takes his phone out and he writes on the notes, bro, get the flip out of here. And like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because I'm thinking, yo, they're about to they're about to take me and grab me. And I, I realized later that they didn't or that they weren't, that they were just looking at me and he got really scared. But anyway, I took that message and I was like, all right, took the hat, took the shirt and I walked right in and everybody's supposed to wear a bracelet. So I had took like a scarf or something and I wrapped it around my wrist so nobody would notice that I didn't have a bracelet on um, kind of bonus information I actually ran into one of my exes as I was like running into the party and she was there with her boyfriend and we're, we're not like on bad terms or anything so they like saw me and they were like trying to say hi to me but like I didn't really give them any time of the day I was like yo peace and then like I like dipped <laughs> not because I didn't really not because I didn't want to talk to them because obviously I thought I was getting chased by the, the feds or something like that right so I'm in a party Nobody asked me for a bracelet. I see all the performances and I had an incredible time. I met amazing people, beautiful ladies, got a couple numbers like, bro, you know what you're supposed to do. And um, I had fun. But the moral of the story is I was not supposed to get into that part. I was supposed to stay online, right? I was supposed to wait until everybody that was already in the party. And by the way, it was packed and it was OD packed. But I was supposed to stay online. I was supposed to wait. I was supposed to be in the back of the line. But I had developed a frame of mind, an assumption that I'm already in that party, right? Like nobody's going to stop me from getting in there. I'm going in there. And everybody has fell into my frame. Or more specifically, those security guards fell into my frame. Now, you might be able to argue, well, 
they probably noticed what you're doing and they just let you in. But that's more to my point, right? I had held a frame as I was walking past them that I had just been there and I went to the car to get something and now I'm coming back and I had my friend give me my hat and I'm like, thanks for holding my stuff as if I was already in there. Now, I don't really know what they looked like when they were staring at me because obviously it was just my friend that noticed that they're looking at me, but they were probably baffled and questioning themselves like, was this guy just in here? You know, and like as they were questioning, I didn't give them a chance to try to ask me, right? Because I left. But this is a really interesting concept. Frame control. Or another way to put it is holding your belief, holding a belief or having posture. I had posture when I walked past them. I didn't ask them if I can go into the party. I didn't walk you know, like I was unsure of myself, I walked boldly, I walked assertively. There were so many other frames that I could have fell into. The frame of, I'm supposed to ask if they can let me in in the back. I'm supposed to wait online. But I didn't fall into those frames. I created my own frame, and they fell into my frame. And this is why this is such an interesting concept, because in all of the interactions that you have, with everybody, or even, not even just people, but just with challenges, there's always a frame battle. And the person that wins the frame battle is the person that's more confident, the person that has more posture, the person that has more belief. They have this kind of just magic that people fall into their whim, right? It's like, it's like when you're a guy and you're trying to talk to a girl, right? She has a certain frame of mind about the... So let me, let me give the definition of what frame is. A frame is the underlying assumption of an interaction. So if you're getting interviewed for a job, Bob is interviewing Joe. Bob is the, the boss. Joe is the guy trying to get a job. So the underlying assumption at the interview is that Joe has to impress Bob. So like if you're a guy, the underlying assumption when you're trying to talk to a girl is that you have to impress her. That's the frame that she's holding. Oh, this guy's coming to talk to me. Like he has to impress me somehow. She might not even be saying that literally, but like that's what she's thinking because she's always approached by guys. And that's what the guy is thinking. I had to impress her. But the real power is when you flip the frame. You change the underlying assumption of the interaction when you're going to talk to that girl instead of going there. And maybe she thinks that you have to impress her, but you have such a different belief like she has to impress me. And I'm only going over here to talk to her just to see if she's cool enough or worth my time. So you have that frame and she has her frame. And the person that's going to win is the person that's more confident. So when you think about that concept, to me, that's so cool and interesting because it's like all the interactions that are in our lives, like what frame am I holding? Am I holding my posture? Like in the hood, when you get punked, when somebody punks you, when somebody checks you, is them knocking you out of your masculine frame, right? Like you overly react to like a bluff that they're doing, like when they like, you know, 
they're like like if you're not looking at the video you might not know what i'm doing but when they're like like yo what's up like they're like how do i describe this in a way you can understand what i'm saying um in audio firm like when you like trying to make them flinch like yo what's like like get in their face like that when they like overly react you knock them out of their frame you know a great example of frame control is kobe bryant and he's defending the inbounder who uh, I think his name was Barnes or something. And this guy has to inbound the ball. And this guy, he's mad at Kobe for something Kobe did. So he takes the ball and he like checks it and like puts the ball really fast in Kobe's face to try to make him flinch. And Kobe doesn't flinch. And he does it like three times, like, like shoving it in his face. And Kobe doesn't flinch because Kobe is holding his frame. So... <laughs> it's such a powerful thing because if you hold your frame, people fall into your frame. People fall into your belief system. Another really powerful story is the story of Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs um, was a master at this. I actually listened to his entire autobiography or, or biography, um, his book, and people described it as a him like warping time space because he would just hold this frame so strong and so confidently and assertively people would just fall into it and one of the famous stories is when Steve Jobs and his partner Steve Wozniak Steve Jobs was like the visionary of Apple and Steve Wozniak um, was like the brains and the technical skills of building the computers. Not that Steve Jobs couldn't build computers, but Steve Wozniak was amazing, right? He, I think he actually built like the first Macintosh. But um, they were, Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs were given this task to build this program. Now, they didn't realize this, but the program that they had to build had actually never been built ever, right it it was it was something that had never been invented they didn't know that and then number 2 Steve Wozniak was working on it Steve Jobs was working on it and then Steve Jobs had just decided this is going to get done in 48 hours or something like that 24 hours like a really short like ridiculously unreasonable time frame and Steve Jobs just held this massive frame and Steve Wozniak, even though it seemed like an insurmountable problem, he, he fell into Steve Jobs' frame. Okay, this is going to get done. And they ended up feel, basically building that program within two days. And when they realized that this had never been done, they were blown away by what they had just done. But the real power was Steve Jobs decided to hold a frame. He held a posture. I'll even I'll even give one more story. Um, if I, if my memory serves correctly, it was Ford Henry Ford who had a very similar issue when he was trying to build the horseless carriage, the first car, and they had to build this special part for the engine and they were trying to build this part for yeah this is exactly how the story went. They were trying to build this part for years. And the engineers kept coming back to Henry Ford and telling him that, yo, we can't do it. In fact, it's literally impossible. But Henry Ford held his posture, held his frame that, no, this is going to happen. 
right? Like, you guys are going to figure this out. Like, it's already done. You guys just haven't realized how to do it yet. So this is so powerful because it begs the question, what interactions with other people or what problems that we have and challenges that we have in our life where we're not holding our frame because some issues can't be figured out by just drawing a straight plan because it seems impossible. Like I'm not going to just get into the party. Probably nobody on that line on the back of the line got into the party. So how am I going to solve this problem of me getting in the party? I decided to hold my, hold a frame. I made an assumption that I persisted in until it hardened into a fact and the fact was me getting into the party and everybody fell into my frame. Steve Jobs, you know, the way he held that frame and Steve Wozniak built that program that was supposed to be impossible. Some problems, you cannot solve them with a clear cut um, plan or maybe you can, but the most important thing behind the plan or even if you don't have a plan is having posture and an assumption that this is already done. It's already a foregone conclusion. I am already a multimillionaire. I already um, have created the health that I want, right? Living within that assumption. It's uh, what Neville Goddard says. I love what he says. Any assumption persistent and hardened into a fact. And it's 100% true. So I want to share this story because I think this is a really interesting concept um, that describes the type of interactions that we have on a day-to-day basis with people that we deal with, right? Like when you're in a negotiation, you know, like they have a frame of mind about the way the deal is going to go. You have a frame of mind. Who's going to win the negotiation? The person that's more confident, you know, like if you're chasing your dreams and you believe something is going to happen, you're going to have friends and family that are going to try and knock you out of their out of your frame, right? Because they believe that you're wasting your time or what, what you're trying to do is is not going to happen. You have to hold your frame. You have to have posture and move with an assumption like this is going to happen. And they're going to fall into your frame because you're moving with that assumption. Or maybe they're not, right? That's why, you know, it's a frame battle. It's a battle between frames. When you're talking to that girl, she thinks that you're supposed to impress her. And you have your own frame. She got to impress me. Who's going to win? The person that's more confident and believes more in what they got going on. They're, They're holding their posture. So... I wanted to share that. I thought it was a, I think it's a very interesting thing to think about and try to wrap your head around because um, it describes a lot of the way our interactions with other people go all the time. You know, everybody has a frame, right? When you're in an interaction with somebody, there's an underlying assumption that dictates the interaction. And when you understand that, You understand that there's more behind what you're saying or yeah, there's more behind what you're saying It's what's not being said that you got to pay attention to somebody trying to message me. I'm gonna call him back is is it's more of what's not being said that you got to pay attention to. So 
I didn't have to say anything to those security guards. It was what I didn't say through my assumption that said everything, right? And they fell into my frame. Um, it was the the belief that Steve Jobs had it, that wasn't what was. I mean, I guess he did say it. He did say this is going to happen, but frame shows you what is not being said between all the interactions. And I guess I'm just shedding a light on that there's so much more to our interactions when you understand frame, understand posture, understand holding your belief. It gives you a new faculty of tools to deal with issues. You know, like when you're dealing with a challenge, do you have the frame of, I'm not sure if I can have this, or this is going to happen for me, or like, I'm not sure if I can overcome this? Or are you going to hold the frame of, I got this? Like, I don't know what I got to do. I don't know what I need to do right now, but I'm going to figure it out. And it's done. The people that hold that frame, they win. They conquer life. So with that being said, I hope that was insightful for you. I hope the story was interesting. And definitely send me a comment and share this video. And, and uh, let me know if you um, share, share this podcast. Let me know if you enjoyed it because I love stuff like this. I love nitpicking and figuring out like how do our interactions really work and like how people like Steve Jobs and Henry Ford like completely succeed beyond anybody else because they naturally do these things. They just have a frame on life. They put a frame on life that I I'm gonna win. There's nobody that's gonna stop me. And they don't ever yield and stop themselves from believing that and eventually Throughout time, people fall into your frame. So with that being said, this is Evan Yearwood. This is the Evan Yearwood Experience, Episode 3. And until next time, peace out.